Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're in the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios in New York. Home is so much more than a house. It's the home of your dreams. And for 30 years, they've been making it even better. Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. 855-212-4CBS is our toll-free hotline brought to you by Geico. Great news. You can save a bunch of money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. I see they have a Dave Wanstead show in uh, Chicago. Why do you think that is? <laughs> really? Yeah, like, what does he have going on there anymore? I know he does that. Uh, doesn't he do something with Fox or something? Well, I, yeah, I, college football, didn't he used to do that? He was doing that, I know. He was doing that, but what is it? I mean... You know, what does he have to do with Chicago anymore? Wasn't he like in... I mean, he was the Bears coach. I know, but then he was like the pit coach, and wasn't he like long removed from Chicago? Yeah. He's been long gone from Chicago. Maybe he's still beloved there. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Why is he doing a foot, a, a Bears show in Chicago when... <laughs> I mean, he's so far removed from that, it's not even funny. But they got him doing uh, shows now? He He's the local expert, <laughs> the old coach. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable, right? Why is that? Maybe they have they thought about a Nagy show. <laughs> Maybe the head coach of the Bears. But they got the old head coach of the Bears giving advice. Can you imagine? Seriously, who came up with that bright idea? Seriously. Dennis in Knoxville, you're on CBS Sports Radio. How are you doing, Scotty? Hey, Dennis. Uh, first-time caller, long-time listener. Just, just wanted to say this. Uh, growing up down here in Tennessee, we didn't have much to do. To listen to on the radio right but uh i'm about your same age and we'd find a 3we out of cleveland and pick up pete franklin right you you remember him yeah i used to work with him i worked with him in, well, that's, in, that, that's in, awesome yeah i worked with him in san francisco i've i've uh i've told that story before he used to be really uh funny with his flushing the toilets on people and he used to do that. <laughs> he used to do it here in New York too, on the fan back in the first uh, days of the uh, WFAN. It, he was one of the hosts, and then he was uh, yeah. he was more beloved in in um, Cleveland and San Francisco for sure. Well, I was just going to say you remind me of him because he wasn't boring. He had a personality. You yeah, know, he, he was come great. on there and call guys stiffs and chokes, and he just said stuff that we wasn't used to hearing. And that kind of the way you do it, you know, you bring it to the table. And that's cool. Well, that's why I, I, I enjoy him. listening well, to you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, Dennis. You know, I, I liked uh, Pete a lot. He was, uh, I thought he was a character and he was really funny. And uh, he had a great kind of a sarcasm about him. You know, uh, he was, he was, right? def- he was definitely uh, harsh on, on the players. And, uh, you know, there was another guy, as I've, I've told this story a million times, another guy that really, uh, he didn't do as much of a sports show as he did a morning show, which was uh, Neil Rogers in Miami. Uh, and, you know, I think, you know, Neil was the 
he was the funniest, nastiest, meanest, <laughs> and uh, he was the he was ruthless the way he treated people. I mean, it was unbelievable the stuff I heard that guy do on the radio in South Florida. He was on in Miami for like 25 years, and he was literally number one every single year for his entire career. So his show was people hated him dead, but there were more, <laughs> but, but there were but there were so many people that loved him. And so many people that hated him that he literally had the market cornered. I mean, he owned Miami because as many people that loved him, uh, that that many hated him, and they all listened. It didn't matter if they loved him or hated him. They all listened every day. And he was well, just like Pete. Personality. He was you way know? more intense than Pete Franklin. Uh, Neil Rogers was definitely – I worked with both of them, and, and I would put – uh, you know, I've always said the two best I ever worked with uh, were Howard Stern and uh, and Neil Rogers. And I've worked with a lot of well, great. I've worked with a lot of great talents uh, in my career, and those were uh, you know the two best. And I think Pete Franklin would make uh, you know he would certainly be on uh, my you know if I had to do a top ten of all time that I've worked with and guys that had uh, amazing careers and amazing talent, uh, Pete Franklin would be on the list. Well, you're up there too. You're up there too, buddy. No, thanks. Thanks for taking my call. I just want to tell you, you're fun to listen to. I get off work every night. I'm a truck driver. I listen to you, and then you make me laugh. You bring it to the table. Well, thanks, so brother. Forward and don't and don't hold back. So I, I appreciate you, Dennis. Up, thanks, buddy. Appreciate you very much. Uh, here we go. So I can't wait till uh, Mafia. The next chance I have to change the channel from the Dave Wanstat show. As I'm waiting desperately to uh, turn on the uh, Laker Warrior game, I'm going to do that momentarily. Very excited about that. I'm watching old footage of a UFC fight from back in the day. I'm watching Weidman fight, and I think Matt Sarah was Matt Sarah ever his coach? Matt Sarah still his coach. Yeah, Ray Luongo. Oh, oh Matt he still Sarah. is. Yeah, those two guys have been his coach uh, for the the duration of his career. I think, you know, especially since the UFC, as far as I've known, uh, you know, Long Island guy. Trains in the uh, striking in the city with Luongo. He was always trained the BJJ with Matt Serra and stuck by them. Even when he went all the way up to the championship, you know, rounds and took the belt from Silva. He wasn't one of those guys that went and changed and did a bunch of different stuff. Even uh, through the struggles that he's had since he had the title, he stuck with them. So I take it you didn't watch the uh, fight night card the other night? I, you know, checked the results. I watched, you know, pieces here and there, but I didn't watch the whole thing now. So uh, what's her name? Joanna? Joanna Jacek, yeah. She just dominated that fight, as I thought she would. I mean, Waterson's a nice fighter. She's tough. You know, she's a good stand-up fighter. She got her ass beat. Joanna's just better. She dominated the whole fight. One of, our, uh, one of our guys has checked in in Chicago, by the way, to tell us about Wanstad. What, what is that? Um, he says, we still love Coach Wanstad here in Chicago. He's on 670 the score a lot, and he's got that great, thick uh, Pennsylvania Dutch accent. Uh, he was a pretty good coach. And he had a really tough job following uh, a legend like Ditka. So uh, a lot of love and admiration for They Dave abused Wanstead. him. They oh, when he yeah, was actually yeah. the coach, they abused yeah. him because he followed Ditka. Right, but now that but he's like now, nobody, uh, or he, I mean, he's, he's a local legend him. now, but uh, they, they love him now, but they were nasty. Well, you know why they love him now? Coach. Probably because, like, uh, what, the five or six coaches after him all sucked too? Yeah. So Now they love him. But I didn't know he did all that other stuff in Chicago. Well, he's been doing stuff, like we said, like Fox College football. He's been doing 
right. things media-wise for a few years now. Fair enough. So, but I've seen him do a national Fox out of Los Angeles, but I never saw him uh, doing Chicago. So I was just wondering because I'm thinking, why is he doing the Bears? And now I've gotten even more was, of the He story. was long gone from there. This gentleman, just a wealth of information just here. Here we go with more information. Wanstad never left Chicago either. His family stayed here, and he still remains in Chicago even after he went on to Miami. You could still see him wandering around downtown once in a while. Big guy, big mustache, hard to wandering miss. Wandering around. <laughs> wandering around downtown. So he never left. He so, loved Chicago so much, he never left So there. he stayed. Even when he got to, with the, you know, South Beach, he still still stayed in Chicago. A grave error on his part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a bad decision-making process. Well, he didn't process. last very I, long in South Beach either. So. Listen. Where would you rather live, in South Beach or in Chicago? Now, I, I think Chicago's a great city and everything like that, but if you don't have to, like, you know, freeze your ass off for eight months, why would you go through all that? I mean, do you realize, like, in, like, a month, it's going to be freezing there? I mean, for seven straight months. I mean, it's literally Antarctica, right? It's, it is it is freezing cold and snow, and they get lake effect snow there like no other. I grew up there. Don't tell me. So I grew up my whole life there. So I grew up in Chicago and Pittsburgh. They both suck. Okay, thanks. Uh, and, you know, think about it. Can you even believe when you think about how badly they've actually done in the NFL since Ditka? I mean, seriously. They have not mattered. Have they? I mean, they've had a couple of runs, but they never amounted to a hill of beans, did they? Yeah, I mean, other than the year that they played uh, the Colts in the Super Bowl, right? Uh, down in Miami in the rain when Man- they when lost Manning that too. Yeah, I mean other, that's their only Super Bowl appearance. That's it. I think they had another NFC title game where Cutler lost to Rodgers, right? But other than that, a whole lot of nothing since then. Jay Cutler, Jesus, is he going to do a show too? Like Weinstein? They're going to bring him back to do the uh, the Jay Cutler show? Didn't he do some uh, TV show with his hot wife? I think so. It's uh, her show. Yeah. She's hotter than him. Dave in Massachusetts. Hey, Pharrell. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Uh, can I get a cranberry with seltzer and a lime, please? Sure. Just a little uh, cranberry seltzer with lime. <laughs> there you Thank go. you. Yes, sir. Hey, it's amazing to me. In 2019, with 20 cameras at the field, they have screwed up the officiating so bad in the NFL. I turned the game off. I can't stand Rodgers. I knew he'd go down and win, basically. The pass interference was so obvious, but Patricia's scared to even challenge it because they've screwed up so many uh, you know, ones before this that were obvious pass interference. They won't change the call. The only thing that compares to me is soccer, where the diving is so out of control that it changes the outcome of a game. The whole season for Detroit is altered. Green Bay's should have been, you know, four and two instead of five and one. It's just messed up. I don't get it how they have such morons in New York or whatever's going on. They can't figure it out. I don't well, get it. I, I, you know, I can't argue with any of that. And I've had those same uh, feelings, and I've, I've expressed them uh, over and over, week to week to week to week. And then here's the deal: it is, um, you know. I don't even sense that same, you know, I don't watch the premiere enough to sense the same type of problem. Uh, I know that, I know for a fact that, you know, I watch 
soccer, and I see a lot of the diving, so I'm not going to argue with you there. Uh, it is every game, everywhere, every single league. It doesn't matter if it's in the Liga. It doesn't matter if it's Premier. It doesn't matter if it's the Bundesliga. They're all absolutely diving all over the place, and, and I don't know how one ref calls it. It's That's insane in, in the soccer. They got one ref out there, right, basically. I think it's terrible, but the NFL... Uh, I would agree with you. They don't reverse any pass interference calls, so that's just a waste of time. And um, I wouldn't argue with you tonight that the two calls against the guy uh, were bad. Um, the fa- hands to the face, th- those were really bad. And I would also uh, argue that, yes, they're, you know, I've said this a number of times, they're, they seem to be very old to me. They, they have all these old guys doing it, and... No one likes to talk about age discrimination or anything like that, but uh, I don't care what you say. If you have a bunch of old guys out there, 60, 70 years old, reffing NFL games, 50, 60, 70 years old, to me, um, you know, I know they have all these regulations and everything and, and uh, health standards and all the rest. I just don't, I almost don't believe it. I just don't even believe it, right? That they are in this great shape. Because I watch them, and they're they're. I mean, these guys are running behind the play, and they are missing stuff like all night long, all day long. I have to tell you, it's so bad that when I I was watching yesterday, and uh, it got so bad for me, literally watching the games that I was cussing so much, and I was so angry, and I was so evil and unholy, and just absolutely losing my mind, screaming obscenities at the TV. At the refs, I just finally I just stopped watching. I just turned it off. I watched the whole season of Peaky Blinders on Netflix. I just couldn't I couldn't take it anymore. I just turned it off. I, I just stopped. I literally was so turned off by the NFL and the corrupt games because I'm watching games like you know I said it before the Washington game. It's it's seventeen three. The guy lines up for a forty yarder. He misses, and then what happens? Every for that minute forward, Miami had the ball the entire game, and they and you knew they were gonna go, they were gonna come back and cover. You knew that was happening. So it's every game has some bizarre twist to it. Like look at Seattle, weren't they down twenty to nine, and then they won? Uh, it's every game is some crazy one minute. How about remember uh, Philadelphia? They were down by like twenty, then they came back and got within striking distance, and then a minute later they were down twenty again. The, the games are so outrageous. I, they're so uh, indescribable, the events uh, in these games and the calls and the and the way they uh, end and the way, you know, uh, a team will be winning by 30 and then five minutes later they're down five. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's almost like I'm watching a, uh, a movie script uh, unfurl. I'm not even watching reality. I'm watching a fake game. I feel like I'm watching uh, fakeness because it's just so crazy what happens. All the backdoor covers, all the games coming down to the last play, the last possession. It's a miracle. Oh, can you even believe what we just saw? It drives me nuts. And uh, it's it's so crazy that I finally just turned it off. I turned it off. I just said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not watching this. This sucks. I'm done. I'm done. The refs suck. The league sucks. I'm sick and tired of it. See you later. And I watch something else. That's exactly what I did. We'll talk to Grant Paulson when we come back after the Nationals went up three zip on the Cardinals tonight. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, 855-212-4CBS is the number to get on the bench. Grant Paulson is from the fan in D.C. and, of course, MLB Radio. How's it going, Grant? Uh, Great uh, game again tonight by the Nationals, and Steven Strasburg was unhittable. 
Yeah, he was fantastic. It's been a theme for the Nascot in this series. Anibal Sanchez went in game one, didn't give up a hit until the eighth inning. Max Scherzer throws in game two, didn't give up a hit in the seventh inning. And then Strasburg tonight, seven innings, 12 strikeouts without a walk. One of three pitchers in playoff history to punch out 12 without issuing a free pass in seven innings of work. Uh, you look at just dominant starting pitching, timely hitting. Uh, this series has been a blowout. The Nationals' favorite through three games. they got to win one more, but the Cardinals are in trouble. Yeah, they're in big trouble. Uh, Strasburg, to me, has really been uh, the best pitcher in uh, really for them – uh, let's say, over the last month. I mean, because Scherzer started having his problems down the stretch. He looked great on Saturday. I'll give you that. But Strasburg has looked fantastic. Am I wrong? Like, almost every single uh, time he pitches now, whether it's in relief or in, in the starting role, he's been uh, just a absolute dominance. No, you're absolutely right. He's been fantastic. Goes back to the regular season, I think, Scotty. You mentioned it. You know, so Scherzer was on his way to winning a third Cy Young Award in four years. He had a back issue that flared up and became a big problem and went to the injured list right after the All-Star break. And not long after that, missed about a month. Little issues one after another. And he was frustrated, but he couldn't get back on the hill. And then when he did come back, they kind of eased him back into his normal version of himself. So he would go five innings, six innings. And it wasn't really until this last start that he looked like 100% Max Scherzer. But in the meantime... Strasburg is pitched like an ace. You know, this is why they paid him $175 million behind Max Scherzer in this rotation, who makes $210 million. Strasburg pitched a lights-out relief appearance behind Scherzer in the wild-card play-in game and then was huge for them in the division series against the Dodgers twice. In game two in L.A., down one nothing, he was nailed. And then in game five, he was on the hill, and he helped in six innings and a quality start, pitched them past Los Angeles and out of the division series for the first time in franchise history. And then tonight he was just in complete control. He had eight swinging strikeouts on his changeup, a dozen as punchies, as I said, overall. I mean, he was getting swings and misses all night. He's just a different guy than he's ever been. He had more strikeouts with off-speed pitches than he's had at any point in his career. He went 117 pitches tonight, Scott. His career high is 119. At one point, Davey Martinez came out to get him, the manager, in the seventh inning after six and a third. And Strasburg basically told him to get off the mound, and he struck out the next two guys he faced. He was, he's a grown man. He's all grown up. Uh, he was a kid when he got here, and everyone knew that he had issues you know, dealing with some, some things and wasn't very tough on the hill. He can't say that anymore. He, he is a dude now. Yeah, do you think they'll uh, – how about first in the National League in wins, first in the National League in innings, for, uh, second in uh, strikeouts – 10th in ERA, 5th in uh, whip, 4th uh, in uh, win percentage. I mean, and now what? There's there's talk of uh, that he could bolt uh, D.C. after all this glory uh, that he would leave. Do you believe that? So I think he's going to opt out of his contract for sure. I don't think he'll leave D.C. You know, I think there's a much better chance, just as an example, that Anthony Rendon is no longer with the Nationals. I've been predicting all season that he won't be back next year. He's going to be a free agent, and he's going to hit the market. Uh, Strasburg, I think, would just be smart to opt out. He has four years and $100 million left on his deal with a, a player option to get out of the contract this offseason. And more player options, by the way, after this offseason every year uh, before the deal expires. But if, if he hit the market this offseason, only Garrett Cole, really, among the starters, is better than him or would get a bigger contract. 
there's just too much money on the table. What I think will happen, though, is he likes D.C., his wife loves the city, the Nationals want and need him to stay here. Uh, he would basically either opt out or just kind of twist their wrist a little bit to give him more money to threaten the opt-out. I would imagine he stays put. The guy I think they'll lose is Anthony Rendon, who's going to get a massive contract somewhere. And, I mean, Rendon and Soto have just been freaks for them. Oh, they've been amazing. They both hit 34 home runs this year. Soto drove in 110 runs, which would have been a, a franchise record, you know, had Anthony Rendon not driven in a buck 20. And, yeah, he, he was flirting with a batting title, hit 319 this year. He's the best-kept secret in baseball. He doesn't do a lot of media. He hates going on air. He, he doesn't really like interacting, really, with many folks outside the clubhouse. Or you know, He does a lot of community work with fans, but he, he's just not a big media guy, not comfortable on air. And I think he's paid the price from a uh, visibility and, and just as a, a personality from that standpoint. He made his first All-Star game this year, probably should have been a three- or four-time All-Star by now. He's finished top six in MVP voting a couple times over. He's a special player. Made a great defensive play tonight on a batted ball, 105 miles an hour off all the young bat at third. He's got good range. He's just sharp in every aspect of the game. He's hit for average tool. You know, power guy who can hit 30 home runs with, with these juice balls. Heck, he could probably hit 40 uh, in a season if he was in a real hitter-friendly ballpark. But he's basically a doubles guy, line drives machine, who's going to hit the 310 to 315 a lot of years. And he will compete for some batting titles in the future and drive in a lot of runs wherever he ends up. How about Howie Kendrick? Absolutely. I mean, he's been, the, in my view, uh, I don't know, either Rendon or him. Uh, you could easily give it to Kendrick as the MVP of this uh, championship series. Yeah, I think right now, Scotty, he's your NLMCS MVP. He's got nine runs batted in in nine games in the playoffs. Remember, he hit the grand slam in extras in game five to push the Nats into this series. Right. And he's driven in now five runs since, including three run-scoring doubles tonight. Uh, he's 36 years old. You talk about the future. He's another guy that will be available this offseason. And I really believe he's got American League written all over him. If I was an ALGM, I'd bring this guy in. He's put on the planet to barrel baseballs. Make him a DH. You know, he's not in any way at risk of losing his swing in the next couple of years. You know, he's hitting more home runs now than he ever has in his career. I think he's really adapted under Kevin Long some of the launch angle principles and some of the, the new school methods of uh, bat path through the zone. But what you've seen with Howie Kendrick and Kurt Suzuki in this lineup was in his mid-30s is the same way. As they've gotten deeper into their careers, they're more efficient with run production and, and long balls now than they've ever been. So Howie at times in his career is homer in every 40 or 50 at bat. And now it's every dozen to 15. Uh, this year he was a part-time player, so he didn't qualify in every category. But people don't realize this. He hit 344 this season. He had a 900 OPS every time he was up in a big spot for the Nationals. If you look up his clutch running scoring position type stats, he was a monster. And now he's having a little national coming out party in the playoffs as people are getting to watch him every night. It's been fun this year to see that this guy's just a professional hitter, man. He is a quality at bat and waiting. So, uh, Zimmerman, how about that play he made the other night for Sanchez, diving to his uh, yeah. right, and then that guy's been having, every time he comes up, he gets a hit, a big hit, and drives in runs. He's been another one. Yeah, he has. So, we were just talking about Kendrick, right, who's 36. Now we're talking about Sam, who's 35. I mean, the Nationals have one of the oldest teams in the league. In fact, for much of this year, they were the oldest team in baseball. And what they did was, it's kind of zigged when everybody's zagging. You know, one of the things I've talked with you on the show about in the past when we talked broadly about baseball this spring is 
there's a lot of, of teams now that go the route of young players because it's cheaper. They don't want to bring in the older dudes who have been around for 10 or 12 years in their clubhouse. Right. Well, the Nationals under their team president, Mike Rizzo, did that this year. They wanted to, to have a better uh, mentality and paradigm, and, and they wanted some kind of guys who have been around the block. They struggled in the playoffs for years, so they went and got, just to name a few, Kurt Suzuki and Brian Dozier and, you know, they already had Howie Kendrick, but they brought in Gerardo Parra and Anibal Sanchez. And most of these dudes are in their mid-30s. In the case of Fernando Rodney, he's 42. And they really embraced this idea of, of kind of having a bunch of dudes centered around this young core of Juan Soto, who's 20, Victor Robles, who started the year at 21, Trey Turner, Anthony Rendon, who are in the prime of their career. But specific to Zim, who you mentioned, you know, he was on the bench when this playoff run started. He came off the bench in the wild card game got a jam shot base hit in the eighth inning, three-run rally against Josh Hader to push their season forward to the division series or else they would have lost that game they were trailing. He's kind of forced his way into the starting lineup. Davey Martinez told me a couple days ago he now plans on starting Zim in every game. He's healthy enough to play in the rest of the way. But you're just seeing that he's got something left in the tank. You know, he, he is, when used in this way that he is now, where he gets the built-in days off with the schedule, He's very capable. The problem for him is he just can't get through the rigor of a full season. He's hurt all the time. His body breaks down. But in this setting where you play two games, take a day off, play two games, take a day off, he could do this for a few weeks. And and in the playoffs, I think you're seeing that the way they held off from using him in the second half of the year, same with some of the other older players on their team, it's reaping benefits now. Hey, great stuff tonight, Grant. Uh, I think they'll go to the World Series tomorrow night. I think that'll be that. I appreciate you coming on late night tonight after the game. Big win for Scherzer or uh, Strasburg and the Nationals tonight. Thanks for coming on the bench. Appreciate you, Scotty. Be well, man. All right, Grant Paulson from the Fan in D.C. and MLB Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. So, huge week again of football action. And then you got both championship series going on in baseball. PharrellOnTheBench.com has you covered. Hockey, every game, boxing, MMA, every big fight. Basketball is right around the corner doing push-ups. PharrellOnTheBench.com rules every play, every game, every day, everything that's on the board. Big changes coming in November. You're going to love it. It's better for you. PharrellOnTheBench.com. Sign up today. Hide the money from your wife. The Eagles released linebacker Zach Brown today, just three days after he made the comments about Kirk Cousins. Do you really think that's why they cut him? Because he said that Kirk Cousins sucked? Or because he sucked? A little bit of both, because then after the game, you know, that put a light on it. They got burned by him. And then after the game, of course, the media went right to him and said, well, what do you think of him now? And he said, I'm not here to talk about him. I'm here to talk about the game. And he said, well, he was a big part of the game. Kicked your ass. And he just refused to answer it. So he got called to the carpet and drew the attention they don't like, and they got rid of him. Yeah, I don't, that's just not cutting the mustard for me. No, he sucked too, obviously. But you can't cut a guy because he commented, made a comment about a quarterback that does suck. The guy has sucked. He didn't suck yesterday, but he has sucked. And you could say he sucks because he never wins big games. He wins games like that yesterday that don't matter, right? I mean, I guess it matters toward their record. It's a regular season game, but in a big game, in a playoff game, in any kind of capacity, he's never done anything. I'll never bet on that guy. And every player, and every player in the league knows it. They all know he sucks. 
And so this guy had the onions to say it, and you're telling me that they cut him because of that? Yes. That's why they cut him. Well, What do they care? How about their coach that said he guarantees a win in Dallas? How about he gets fired this week if they don't win? I mean, I'm sure that they'll sell you that that's not completely why they cut him. He was not, you know. I'm sure they're lying. Playing very well, but he's very talented. But he could be a bit of a knucklehead, uh, as we saw over the weekend. So there you go. Anyway, he didn't matter anyway. I got to tell you, of all the teams that are supposed to be good in the NFL, that team is so overhyped, it's not even funny. Their defense sucks, and that's all there is to it. I mean, did you see the guy, Douglas, trying to chase down, is that his name, uh, trying to chase down Diggs all day? It was embarrassing. I don't want to hear it, the Eagles. They don't matter anymore. Do you realize that, that they won the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and they have gone right back to, like, not mattering? They don't matter. I can't even believe, to be honest with you, that their coach had the stones to say, guarantee a win. Because they can't guarantee a win. How about win a game? You know what I mean? How about win a game, let alone, like, make guarantees you're going to win? They they can't even, you know, go out and win. So, I mean. Well, forget just them. It seems like right now every team in the NFL that had any kind of hype coming into this season is coming nowhere near this point. The Rams were supposed to be there, lost three in a row. The Cowboys had that great start, lost three in a row. Eagles, the Browns. Browns keep getting smacked. The Eagles. Kansas City, you talked about earlier how bad their defense is. Like, all these teams that everyone's putting up there as the contenders for this year – are mediocre at best right now. Uh, there is no way you can sell me in any capacity whatsoever. Uh, I will give you this. The Chiefs are in first place by a game, right? But uh, that defense is not winning a Super Bowl, right? There's just no way. You cannot be that average. And and can you really make it to the Super Bowl being that average? Because if that's – you know what? If they make it to the Super Bowl with that crappy defense – then then the luster of the trophy loses its shine to me. Seriously, you can't be a championship team and be that average. I mean, they are they suck. That defense is so butter, it's not even funny. I mean, <laughs> every play they ran worked. Did you see? Did you see the what the Texans the Texans are nothing, okay? They got two good players, Watson and Hopkins. Who else? I mean, I'll give you J.J. Watt because everyone loves him. But who else on the team is that fantastic, that that stands out, like, emphatically, like, you can't stop talking about him? No one. They got two players. But every play that they ran went right through the Chiefs like butter. I mean, it was like melted butter watching them try to stop them. It, it, that's all you need to know about your team. I mean, I'll be honest with you. The Vikings have a better chance, in my opinion. Because they got a defense, right? And and you have to have a defense, in my opinion, to win it all. And the and the Patriots have a defense. Yeah, that's Sean. I mean, the Patriots with their defense, and the other team that people were all over that is actually doing well still is the Saints, and that's with their backup quarterback because their defense has been so dominant this year. Their defense is legit. Now, remember, I I was on Saints Pats from the jump. Uh, I thought that the Saints had been there right on the cusp and then got shafted a couple years in a row. I mean, they really did. But they kind of blew it themselves, I thought, against the Rams. They blamed the ref, but they they should blame themselves. It was a combination of both, if you ask me. But they just refused to blame anyone but the ref. Now, the refs are just – they ruin every game. They really do. But you still had a chance to win that game, and you didn't get it done. You had every chance in the world to still win the game. 
Jeff in Baltimore on the fan. You're on CBS Sports Radio. What up, Pharrell? Hey, dude. Hey, man. A big fan. I just t- trying to see if uh, Harbaugh. I, I also agree with Carver High earlier saying, uh, or whether whether it was Mafia, their defense isn't good enough. It isn't. It hasn't been good enough. The defense without, is not good enough. Not not without T. Sizzle. It's not the same. And they've already lost to the Chiefs this year. They lost in Kansas City. They would lose to New England if they play them, and they do play New England uh, down the road here. But um, their defense is not. Uh, Super Bowl now listen, uh, they're a playoff team. Oh yeah, they, I think that they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, right now, they are. They have a gigantic lead now in that north over the Browns and Steelers. Can you believe the Steelers are now tied with the Browns? Not possible. It's not even possible. With uh, who's Devlin uh, Hodges? Right, the Gil, Duck. Gil Hodges. The Duck Caller. The Duck. They call him. Did you see him tweet this morning? I guess somebody dug up some old tweet of him or something saying he doesn't like the penguins. He didn't like penguins or something like that. And he's like, trust me, guys, I, I, like, the, I like the penguins now or something like that. Now, because now he's he has being to. in Pittsburgh, you know. Yeah. Good for him. You know what? You talk about a team that. I like Minshew and, and Hodges. You want to talk about They don't about have another team. quarterback, do they, beyond him? Who's going to play quarterback? Connor, is he going to be the quarterback? Just how about a team. That is never there when people think that they're going to be so great. That Charger team losing at home to Gil Hodges last night and, and the Steelers getting down. What were they down? 21 24, nothing? 24, 24 nothing. nothing right <laughs> I mean, honestly. Then they came back. You knew they would because of course, the NFL. because that's typical Chargers, though. That's typical they NFL. They want to tease you, too. So. And same thing with the Dallas game. They're down, what was it, 21-3? And that yeah, it was twenty one. You knew they'd come back, and then they scored, and then went for two, and and screwed it up. But the bottom line is, every game that's over is never over in the NFL. You're down thirty at the half. You'll be leading by nine with five minutes left. I mean, and then you'll lose again. <laughs> you know what I mean? You lose twice. Every game is inexplicable. It really is. Mary Ellen in Virginia. Hey, what's Can going I, on? Please, I'm just enjoying. The Nationals tonight. I bet you are. They're one win away from the uh, World Series. I'm sure you're aware. And I just talked to Grant Paulson about it, so I've already been talking about it endlessly. I'm done talking about it. Very enjoyable to. to well, I think talk. they. I would guess they'll wrap it up tomorrow night because you got them by the throat. You might as well uh, kill them. You might yeah, as well. They seem pretty down too. Well, you just squeeze it out, finish them off. Yep. That's it. We can get I, all our old guys rested. I mean, what an advantage to get off. If they win tomorrow, they're done. Then they literally have off uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then till it starts. It'll yeah. start, what, Tuesday or Wednesday? Uh, I got to check. I think that it's They'd be Wednesday. off a week. Yep. It, and they could rest all their, you know, bones and all their problems. But they don't have any problems right now. The Nationals are on fire. They won 16 out of the last 18 games. Well, now, now 17 out of the last... 19 games they played. 17 of the last 19 night games? No, out of the last games they played. Oh. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they're on fire. Is there any other way to describe it? They're just winning every game they play. It's pretty sweet. Hopefully they'll uh, finish it off for you tomorrow. 
Yeah, that, there's. That, that, I mean, that. when you're up 3-0 now, I mean, especially like for us tomorrow night with everything else that's going on, I mean, that's got no juice for us now. unless, Like if we have to talk about that series on Wednesday and Thursday, that's not a good thing for you in D.C. That means that the Cardinals have won a couple games. You right. know, that's, that thing should be tucked away. Tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, they. The, what do the Cardinals have left to offer? Dakota right. Hudson? Yeah, I, I don't like his chances tomorrow. I mean, I don't know. Their bats are dead. What, are they going to get hot all of a sudden? I mean, they are due to score a couple runs, right? They left all those runs down in Atlanta there in that game yeah. five. I don't think they're due to do anything. I think they're due-due. 855-212-4CBS to get on the bench. Don't forget the podcast will be out after the show on Twitter, at Scott Farrell, at On the Bench CBS, and on Facebook.com slash on the Bench. And again tomorrow morning, we put it out twice after the show and the following morning. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.